It's time once again for a look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another edition of The Riches of Grace. My name is Richard Jordan. It's my privilege each week to be your host and Bible teacher as we meet together to look into the pages of God's Word and allow the Spirit of God to teach us through His Word. We want to welcome you um, to what I guess could um, could rightly and honestly be, be described as the most biblically intelligized audience in Christian or Christian talk radio. Uh, and I don't say that because our audience is made up of, of uh, an audience that has more advanced degrees or our listeners have higher IQs or we have more members of Mensa in our midst. I, I said biblically intelligized. <laughs> um, when you study the Bible dispensationally, when you learn to rightly divide God's Word and you approach it the way God has said to approach it, dispensational Bible study gives you the ability, gives you the, the capacity for yourself to understand and enjoy God's Word. I'm not talking about you having a preacher that understands it. I'm not talking about, you know, when brother so-and-so teaches the Bible, it's so clear and understandable. I'm talking about where you, as an individual, can come to God's Word, understand God's Word, and therefore enjoy God's Word, and even more wonderful than that, to see God's Word go to work effectually in your life because you believe it. Um, without that, you, you're left at the mercy of theologians. You're left at, at, the, at the mercy of church historians, at, at denominational dogmas and divisions. Our goal, our, our one underlying goal as we meet right here each week, is to help you to understand and enjoy the Bible so that 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul says that it's the Word of God which works effectually in you that believe. You see, friend, you don't need, uh, you don't need a college education. You don't need to know Greek and Hebrew. You don't need a preacher that's got all that. God has equipped you. And you and I, as, as, as English-speaking people in the 21st century, We've received a great heritage from the Lord as, uh, as uh, uh, the recipients uh, of the King James Bible. The Protestant Reformation provided, you know, one of the goals of the Protestant Reformation was so that the, the plowboy, the, boy, the man behind the plow, uh, they said, would know more about the Bible than the Pope in Rome. And that was a, a very admirable goal. Because when you know the Word of God, Jesus said, you should know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And whether some religious uh, pundit or pontiff is right or not isn't really the issue. The issue is so that every one of us should give account of himself to God. The issue is, am I right or not? And how am I going to know? Well, when you stand before God, he isn't going to say, why do you believe this? And you're going to be able to say, well, brother so-and-so said so, or Mr. So, or the church. He's going to say, why did you do it? I didn't ask what they believed, ask what you believed. I didn't ask what they said do, why did you do what you did? And you see, you may be putting your faith and confidence in some religious organization or some preacher or teacher, but God, the only place you can put your, your faith and confidence where it will be something that will be rewarded is when you put your faith and confidence in God himself. 
And God has provided a book. He wrote a book. He's preserved it through history. He's even caused it to be translated into our language, into the English language. And you and I can read it today. Now, it's in many other languages, too, by the way, but we're speaking English here today. See, I'm not worrying about all the other languages of the world. It's out there in them, too. But we're talking English, so we want to be accountable to who we are. And God has provided this information for us. And our goal here, what we're trying to do, we don't have anything for you to join. We're trying to get you to do something uh, uh, that, that uh, uh, that's going to help us. or something. We just want to help you understand and enjoy God's Word for yourself. And if you'll get where you can stand on your own two feet in God's Word, know what God's doing, know who you are in, in Jesus Christ, and know who you are in the program of God, and know who you aren't, then we won't have any problems uh, being friends together and being able to work together. So let me encourage you, as we study together, either today or, or any day, any, any this program's on this station every week at this time, let me encourage you to be with us and to uh, enjoy the time to look into God's Word and gain some understanding about what God's saying and gain, a, gain a, a, an understanding of how to study God's Word for yourself. If you get that, you'll have gotten everything that, uh, that I'm after, that our, our, our minister here wants to give to you. We've been looking now for the last few weeks. Uh, we'll do it one more time. At, uh, at, our Lord's, uh, at the Lord's coming to conclude the dispensation in which we live today. That's called the dispensation of grace. To complete the formation of the church, the body of Christ. And we've been looking at that in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Now we got down through about half of, uh, of the details of the passage last time, and I told you then I would pick up the last couple of little details here because they're, they're too wonderful uh, to, to miss. Uh, let me just review for you just for a second because maybe you, you, you need to be have your mind refreshed, and then maybe some of you are tuning in today for the first time, or you miss one of the other programs. We want you to understand what's going on, too. You know, our world uh, it looks to the future with great anticipation and yet great uncertainty. At this moment in history, there's great hope for the future, and yet there's great foreboding also. Timothy said, First Timothy 2, Paul says that we're to live uh, quiet and peaceable lives and all godliness and honesty. The quietness and peacefulness is to be our inner attitude as we live in the world. We're to pray for all men, for kings and all they that are in authority, that we might live quiet and peaceable lives and all godliness and honesty. The quiet and peaceable, that's the inner attitude of a believer. We should be at peace in our hearts. How do you have peace? How can you be filled with quietness and peace? Romans fifteen thirteen he says he fills you with joy and peace in believing. And then he says, in all godliness and honesty, that's the outward attitude we ought to have toward the world. Our walk in the world ought to be godlike. And it ought to be honest. You know, God never expects the world not to be the world. Have you noticed that? I'm fascinated by Christian people expecting the world not to act like the world. <laughs> God expects the world to act like the world. That's why when he saves you, he takes you out of the world, takes your citizenship out of off of planet Earth and puts it in to the heavenly places, puts your citizenship in heaven, takes you out of the family of man, puts you into the family of God. He makes you a new creature, a part of the one new man. You see, God understands the world, and the world is, uh, is the Bible says it's in Adam, in Adam all died. The world is going to act like the world. And when they act foolish, 
and they act uh, rebellious? Well, it's not an informed Christian. It's a misinformed Christian that thinks that's going to be different. The answer is not to put a bunch of legislative handcuffs on people. The answer is to put a new heart in them. The only answer, the only cure for the ills of this world is a new heart. And the only way a new heart, a new nature can come is through God himself implanting his nature, the supernatural event, when you are born of the Spirit of God. Now that's something you, you, you can't counterfeit. You see that walking, godliness and honesty, that outward walk, that's simply the outward walking, outward working of the Word of God that's dwelling in us in the quiet and peaceful living. So what God's looking for in a believer is someone who is living day to day internally in the light of who he is in Christ, who you are in Jesus Christ, and then letting that live out through you to affect and to bless and to touch those who are around you. Now, in that context, that's that's, that's what God's called us to do today. He doesn't call us to reclaim the power structure of government. Jesus Christ will do that when he comes back. He isn't calling us to 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 reform and to transform the the economic structure of the world we live in, or the social right all the social ills of the world we, we live in. All of that is an impossibility. You know that, don't you? If you went out and had your way in the political, economic, and social realm where you live today, and you you got everything exactly the way you think it ought to be, how long do you think it would last? That's right, not very long. Not very long. You see, it isn't possible for you to transform the world. Now, one day, the political, social, economic, ecological, and all the other kind of uh, of, 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 uh, of areas of, of interest, all of those systems will be reformed completely and forever. But it's going to take Jesus Christ to do that and his coming back to this earth to establish his authority, his reign, his kingdom, the time of refreshing, the book of Acts calls it, Peter called it in Acts chapter 3, the time of restitution of all things. In other words, the setting of things back the way God intends creation to be. That'll take Jesus Christ coming from heaven to do that. The Bible calls that his kingdom. He comes to reign. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever. That's not today. You look around you, and you know that the God of the Bible isn't running the show today. That's the future. We call that the second coming of Christ. And all of those things, when he comes back to planet Earth to restore his authority over the planet uh, through the instrumentality of a kingdom that is vested in the nation Israel, God will accomplish what the Bible calls prophecy, that which is spoken by the mouth of all the prophets since the world began, Acts 3.21. But right now, that's being postponed. And the reason it's being postponed is because God has interrupted the prophetic program with what he calls the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. And what is that mystery? It's Ephesians 3. It's the forming of the church, the body of Christ. Now, if something was made known since the world began, prophecy, and something was kept secret since the world began, the mystery, the secret program, they're obviously not the same things. Now, I know preachers don't like that sometimes. Bible teachers don't like that. Theologians go, oh, you're teaching the postponement of no, I'm just teaching what the verse says. You take Acts 3.21 and Romans 16.25, read them in your Bible, and see what they say. Let your preacher explain 
what doesn't need explaining. I mean, a six-year-old, my six-year-old grandchildren, just learning to read, understand those verses. Why? Because they're written in plain English, easy to follow. And by the way, they say exactly the same thing in Greek that they say in English. (laughs) Don't let somebody fool you about that. So when you see that great division between prophecy and mystery, then you know when you talk about the second coming of Christ, there's going to be a question. Which coming, the coming for the for the body of Christ, or is coming for Israel? His coming for the church, the body of Christ, which is a heavenly people, coming to take us back to heaven to be with him, eternal in the heavens, or is coming back to planet earth to establish his kingdom? Well, when we're talking about our, his coming for us, the body of Christ, to conclude the dispensation of grace, and to conclude the forming of the body of Christ, we're obviously talking about his coming in the mystery program. That's why we go to the Apostle Paul. And that's why we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15, Paul says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. That is, this is part of the special revelation that Jesus Christ from heaven's glory gave to the Apostle Paul and through him to you and me. So God, through Paul, says to us that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. When someone dies and goes to be with the Lord, they haven't lost anything. You haven't lost your loved one. You know, if you know where something's at, it isn't lost. Okay? So don't, don't, don't say, I have, I lost my husband, or I lost my wife, or I lost my child, or I lost my mama, or my dad. You don't lose them if they're saved. If they're in Christ, you didn't lose them. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. There's the return of the Lord, Jesus Christ himself. He's not going to send angels for us. He's not going to send uh, bellhops and busboys to get you. He's going to come himself. That personal attention that he gives us today. Someone says, Brother Rick, do you believe you have a guardian angel? Why would I need a guardian angel, for heaven's sakes? People says, well, those verses back in Psalms say, well, he'll give his angels charge over there. But didn't you ever read those verses? Did you never read who they were written to and about? They're written to the nation Israel, God's earthly people, about his working and dealing with Israel in the earth. You and I as believers today in the body of Christ, we're not Israel. We're not spiritual Israel. In Christ today, in the body of Christ, there's no, there's neither Jew or Gentile. Well, if there's neither Jew or Gentile, but we're all one in Christ, how could you be put into the body of Christ where there is no Jew or Gentile spiritually? No spiritual status is a Jew, no spiritual status is a Gentile, where there's new status is one new man, that's a new creature. How can he put you in the body of Christ where there is no status as being a spiritual Jew or a spiritual Gentile and make you a spiritual Jew? Yeah, scratch your head on that one a while. That one, you know, that's like saying two plus two is five and believe it. (laughs) It ain't, it ain't, it ain't so, McGee. You know why it's not so? Because it's just not right. Now, I know this whole, this, their whole, their whole theological systems built on the idea that we are Israel today, but we're not. And the verses in the Bible are very clear. You read, read Galatians three twenty eight, and you can't get around it. Read Ephesians chapter two; you can't miss it. It's plain as a nose on your face. All you can do is read it. Problem is, people don't read the Bible. They read books about the Bible. You need to learn to read the Bible. That's what I'm trying to encourage you to do. The Lord himself should ascend from heaven with a shout. For who? For the church, the body of Christ. He's going to come to get us. The shout. The shout of a, of a conquering hero. He, he's, he, he's conquered death, and he's come to get us out of the grave. Jesus said once 
to his disciples, some people said, All they that are in the grave shall hear my voice and come forth. Some to everlasting life, some to everlasting damnation. Well, here we are, we're going to hear his voice, we'll be resurrected, get our glorified body. The voice of the archangel, the trump of God. I talked to you about that last time. He's going to restore his program with Israel, his, his program with the universe. He's come down to the universe to start back the reclamation process. But he's provided for you and me in the details of our exit from planet Earth. No matter whatever's going on in the angelic realm, he's provided an angelic escort for us and a rallying point. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. It's going to be that wonderful, glorious resurrection. And they, we, we which are alive and remain. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's the moment when you get your, your glorified body. That's the moment when you, you're going to look the best you ever looked. <laughs> you ought to read 1 Corinthians 15 sometime and see this wonderful, glorious resurrection body that he'll give us. And then he says, we'll be caught up together with them. There's the reunion. There's the completion of the body to, in the clouds to meet the Lord. We're going to go be reunited with all of our loved ones who've, gone, who've died in Christ. All of our loved ones who've gone on before us all be resurrected together and then meet the Lord. Now, when we meet him, the body of Christ will be completed that's going to be one grand reunion. But when he says we're going to meet the Lord in the air, that meeting, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 5, you need to write that verse down by that verse. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Paul says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. Notice there is a time, Paul says, to judge things. Now is not it. Don't judge anything before the time. When is the time? Until the Lord come. That meeting, when we meet the Lord in the air, that's not just going to be a... It's not like, you know, I went out to the mall. Guess who I met at the mall today? You know, I just saw somebody out at, out at, out at the mall, and I just bumped into them. No. That's like, I have an appointment in the morning at 8 o'clock, and I'm going to meet some people. We, we arranged it, and we're meeting at, to carry out some business. This meeting, we're going to meet the Lord in the air, not just simply to be with him all in one place, but we're going to meet him for a review, an assessment. It's called the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now notice that verse. This isn't to, 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 to decide whether you're going to go to heaven or hell. No one that gets past the resurrection is lost. We're declared to be the sons of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. So these are all God's people. It's just saints here. The question of our sin and our eternal destiny is over with. Now it's a question to be reviewed by the Lord. Everyone will receive, now notice what you get, listen carefully. You'll receive the things done in his body. Now what's, what do you do in your, you said, it didn't say done with your body or by your body. 
We're not talking about how much money you put on a collection plate or how many, you know, warm uh, bodies you got in church pews or how many. We're not talking about that. We're talking about what was done inside of you. What's inside of you? Well, Paul says our outer man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. When you get to the judgment seat of Christ, your outer man's going to be gone. You're going to have a new outer man, a new glorified vehicle to travel in. But that inner man is what's going to occupy that new glorified body. And at the judgment seat of Christ, literally what the Lord does is he reviews the capacity that you've developed, the renewing that you've been doing in time for your inner man. The outward man perishes, the inner man's renewed day by day. Well, how do you renew your inner man? Ephesians 4, he says, we're renewed in the spirit of our mind. Romans 12, 2, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're talking about how much of the transformation of your soul has taken place, how much Christ has been formed in you. Galatians 4, 16. Paul says that's his goal with the Galatians. You see, God isn't trying to form denominational doctrine in you. He's trying to form his son in you. He placed him in him. I said to you many times, Jesus Christ gave his life at Calvary for you so that when you trust him he could give his life to you and he gave his life to you when you trusted him so that he could live his life through you as you walk day by day in an intelligent understanding by faith and an intelligent understanding of God's word to you of who God has made you in his son well how did you do with that Ephesians 4 calls it the measure of every part. Each member of the body is going to be measured by God himself. And the identification of our maturity level. Now, why would he do that? Because he has a job for us to do in the ages to come. That's why. And what God does, what, he, what the Lord Jesus Christ does at the judgment seat of Christ is he identifies your skill set, your service capacity. And then when he takes us, 1 Thessalonians 3.13 says he, he takes us then to presents us to the Father. When he does that, he can present you to the Father with the, with the identification of your capacity to serve him. And then the Father, when he says there in Thessalonians, and that so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now that's not just sitting around talking about we're going to sit up in heaven playing pinochle with the Lord. It's not what that's talking about. We're going to be participating with the Lord in what God has for him to accomplish. We're going to be workers together with him in the ultimate purpose that God has for this universe. And where we serve him is affected by how much capacity we gain in our understanding now. Ephesians chapter 2. You see, your your life and time does count as a believer. Ephesians 2, verse number 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. What God's going to do throughout all ages of eternity is he's going to exalt his Son and he's going to use us to do it in the heavenly places. God's ultimate purpose is to exalt Jesus, make Jesus Christ the head of all things in heaven and earth. In the earth he'll do it through the instrumentality of the nation Israel, in the heavens through the body of Christ. I'm glad to know today that there's something bigger going on than just the details of my life, just day-to-day life. Aren't you? 
It, it, well, I'm talking about some great conspiracy thing. I'm talking about what God's that God's doing something today, and it's revealed in His Word. We don't need to decode it. We don't need codes to figure it out. He's laid it out in His Word in simple fashion, designed for you and for me to understand it. That's what dispensational Bible study is all about. I look at the clock, and I only have a, a moment, just a moment, before I have to go. Could I offer you a free Bible study? I'd like to give you a Bible study CD that would help you with this information. It'll help you to further study what we're talking about. The, the, the study is entitled, What the Future Holds in Store. What, what, what does the future have for the body of Christ and for this world? God's Word's laid it out. I'd like to give you the Bible study. And it'll help you to understand how to gain for yourself this information out of God's Word. Where you can stand on your own two feet spiritually speaking. What the future holds in store. You call me here at 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. And we'll be glad to see that you get your free copy. 888-535-2300. That's the number to call. We'd also be honored to have you with us today at Shorewood Bible Church. We meet this morning at 9.30, 6 p.m. tonight. We also meet on Wednesday night at 7.30. Our church building is located at 1900 Hicks Road in Rolling Meadows. If you know on, on the northwest side of, of the Chicagoland area where the Arlington Park Race Course is, well, then you know about where we are. Highway 53 and Euclid Avenue. If you get off of Highway 53 on Euclid and you go east, you go to the, the race course. If you get off of Highway 53 at Euclid and go west, the first light immediately that you see is Hicks Road, and we're just just to the north of there, the first property you'll see on the, on, on the west side of the road, the east side of the road, 1900 Hicks Road. We'd, be glad, we'd love to have you today, 9.30, 10.45, 6 p.m. If you need further information, 888-535-2300 is the number to call. You can also look us up on the Internet, shorewoodbiblechurch.org. We're trying to be easy to find. Why don't you check us out today? Thanks for being with us. Till we meet the same time next week, Maranatha.